Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message. Talking about going global, I want to start by sharing two ways in which I've gone global. One is in learning, okay? The things that I learn, the places I learn from, the sources. I went, I was born and raised right here in Ghana. And um, I went all the way up through O-level, A-level, did my national service. Back in the day, national service was a year right after, no, it was actually right after sixth form, and then another one after university. So anyway, I did this and um, traveled, traveled and then studied outside. Now, I raised that because I got a question when we did the convocation on January 26th. Somebody asked, is it true that when people are hiring, they only want to hire those who've been trained outside? So if you haven't gone to study in America or in the UK, um, nobody wants to hire you. It's a lie. If you ask Albert whether he trained outside, he'll tell you, and when he gives you the answer, decide for yourself whether it's only those who've trained outside who can be successful. That's a lie. Don't believe it. Now, I followed my heart. And I raise this because if I ask for your interest in terms of career, I'm sure I'll get a little variation. Can I get a mobile mic? Let me pick up a few. Let me pick your brains a little bit. Um, what are some of the things, careers you are interested in? What do you want to do once you are done, you, you move past school, academic? Yes. African advocate. What exactly are you going to be advocating for? Pan-Africanism. I see you in your African shirt. All right. You are living it. That's good. Yes. Anybody else? Just raise your hand or you shout it out. Yes. Sales and marketing. In what industry? You are still thinking about it. All right. Yes. A teacher. What else? A lecturer. Okay. So teaching. We do the same thing. Yes. Musician. What? Hey, now, wow, yes. You want to be? PRO, public relations officer. All right. How many of you want to be teachers? Let me see you by hand. Okay. How many? Don't worry, it's a very noble job, a wonderful job. I can't start telling you the fulfillment I get from teaching. How many of you want to be journalists? Okay. How many of you want to be nurses? Okay. How many of you are still thinking about it? You're not too sure. All right. Let me start by saying this. It's okay. It's okay if you're not too sure now. All you have to do is to start learning. Start learning about the different things out there. When I went into college, the reason why, one of the main reasons why I didn't do college here was because our system, the British system was a little too restrictive. And so I went into a school where I did three majors, okay? I did French 
because I wanted to work across the globe. So don't do French just because. And French language is a tool. That's all it is. Because you can be an engineer and be working in a French-speaking country. You can be a lawyer and you work on corporate deals for francophone clients who are coming in to do business. You can be a doctor, médecin sans frontières. They travel around and they are, they are doctors. So there are so many things you can do with the things that you learn. All right? So I went global. I learned French. I wanted to work across the globe. And so I learned international affairs, just trying to understand how different countries, you know, relate, etc., etc. And then I really, really wanted to be a child psychologist. At that time, I didn't even know what they did. All I knew was I love children. I want to work with children. So I studied psychology. I did all these three things. Now, I, was, I did it in a flexible system. So I was able to do the three in three years. And it's because when people were sitting at home during the long vacation, when people were sleeping, when people were eating and just going to the beach, I was in the classroom. I studied every single semester until I graduated. And so you have to learn to push yourself. You have to learn to take advantage of those opportunities. And then I went ahead and I did a master's um, in public service management. I did a master's in, what do you call it? What was the other one? Um, social sciences. And I wound up with a PhD in public admin because I realized where my heart is, not was, is, still is, is public sector and changing the way things are, public sector reform. So that's my journey. Now, I use it as an example mainly because it's important for us to learn outside of our immediate context. You may be in UDS studying. University of Ghana has a program. I just saw a call for papers on the graduate school gate, and it said something, something happening at KNUST. Get involved. You hear of some conference somewhere in Dubai. There's some conference in Singapore, and it's for people who are interested in environmental management. And it's asking for students to submit papers. Submit a paper. Start going global now. Don't wait till, oh, let me finish. When I finish, then I'll find a job, and maybe the job will take me to, no, it won't take you anywhere. Start now. Okay? And in terms of work that I do, as Albert mentioned, I have a company called Access Human Capital Limited. We do recruitment. We do corporate training. We go into companies, figure out what's going on, what's wrong, and then we help them. We design solutions for them. Now, the world has grown to the point where it's not just Ghanaians doing business with Ghanaians. So when we talk about going global, we're also talking about people from outside who want to come and do business in Ghana. We're talking about people in Ghana who want to take their business outside. So it's extremely important that you have a very global mindset. You don't think about your little box right here in this little corner we call Ghana. All right. If I'm to ask you, for the students amongst you, where do you want to go and study? What are some of the countries out here? Canada. Pardon me? Paris, so France, okay. Norway, okay. Italy, okay. Usually I get two main countries, the UK or Europe in general, and then the US. I've had Norway, I've had a few, that's good. And where? Gambia. No problem. So long as you find a useful program, 
The world is your turf. Go and play around. It's okay. It's allowed. All right. Now, the world has gotten to the point where our usual reference system, which was the UK, the US, Canada, and a few European countries, that has changed. If you want to study, if you want to learn, you don't even have to physically leave and then go somewhere. You can be sitting right here in Ojakrum, in all our heat. And you can be studying with students in Japan, in Australia, in Brazil, just by going onto the internet. Okay? There's a certain website. I should have put it in the, on the slide. But let me spell it out for you. Um, if you go to Coursera, it's course, like a course you study. Okay? So C-O-U-R-S-E-R-A. So course with R-A. Coursera.org. It's a website. These people, I need to call them and charge them for advertising because everywhere I go, I talk about Coursera. It's a website where they have classes around the world. I'm in a class where we have about 80,000 students because literally the whole globe, we're all in there. And there's a professor, there are a lot of the programs are in, from the U.S., but many universities, MIT, Harvard, Stanford, etc., and then schools in, the, in Europe as well, where the professor is, you know, does the lecture, you watch the, um, the video, you ask questions, and there's, there are discussion forums, etc. Now, this is how you go global. You learn from global examples, the best practices out there. You learn. Um, I teach a class at Ashesi University, and it's leadership. And a lot of times, what I get from my students, when we talk about leadership, I get a lot of, well, um, leadership, when you start having the discussion, you realize a lot of people think it's a position. Leadership is not a position. If you think you have to wait till you are called director, managing director, CEO, CFO, whatever, before you become a leader, that's a lie. Right now, how many of you have siblings? You have a brother or a sister? Let me see your hand. If there's any human being, one human being, two-day-old, one-day-old, one-hour baby, if there's any human being anywhere in your space that you call life, you are a leader. You don't have to choose it. It's been thrust on you. Because leadership is about influence. Leadership is about somebody looking at you and being blessed, benefiting, okay, from your influence. And so when I... When we talk about leadership in my, in my class, we talk about how to bring about change. And one of the things I keep repeating, start where you are with what you have. You want to go global, wonderful. You want to bring about change. You can't sit in Ghana and cause change across the world overnight. But you can start now. Where are you right now in your life? What are the changes you need to make? to help you to go global, to help you to be a blessing beyond the people around you, to be able to affect the world. So I thought of two things. When I was given the theme, I, talk of, I thought of two things, give and take. A lot of times we use those two words together, right, in a phrase. Oh, it's all about give and take, hangu hangkam, right? And so we're going to talk about giving and then taking. Um, notice, it didn't say receive, in, in Africa, we have a lot of receiving. And one small problem, then we'll go running with our 
uh, what do you call it? A calabashes. Then we'll go to World Bank. Please, we beg you, oh, give us money. Eh? Mm. And we'll go to IMF. Please, we beg you, give us money. And we'll go and beg, 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 beg. And we'll sit here. And we'll do what we have to do. And then we end up paying judgment debts. I won't go there. <laughs> but it's not give and receive. It's give and take. And so I want us to focus, focus on that. You need to make yourself relevant in this world right now. You have to. Otherwise, we'll leave you behind. Oh. The rest of us, we are moving ahead. You have to make yourself relevant. Now, give. What are you giving to the world? Let me ask that question. What are you giving to the world right now? If you don't feel you are giving anything to the world yet, let me see you by hand. You're just being honest. Look, I haven't engaged on the global front. I don't think I'm giving anything to the world, to the globe. Let me put it that way. Let me see you by hand. Some of you are confused. You have no clue what I'm talking about because your hands are down. You look confused. <laughs> you need to figure out how to give of yourself to the rest of the world, how to be a blessing to the rest of the world. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter the fact that you're up north in Wa. It doesn't matter that somebody's far away in Axim. It doesn't matter that somebody's sitting in some tiny corner somewhere in Yendi. It matters that you're a human being, you're alive, you're a leader. You can influence. You find the right tools and you can influence. So going global, start with thinking of how do I give to the world? How do I become a gift to the world? Let me start with a few things, just a few practical things for you to think about. I believe in excellence. Doing things, doing them well. Doing the right things and doing them well. Let me qualify it. You can be a thief and you can steal very, very well. That's not excellence. That's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> but it's important to have an attitude, a mindset, and behavior that makes you able to compete with anybody from around the world. And it's only excellence that can get you to do that. I remember I was talking to a couple of students, and one was saying he wanted to go and study abroad. And I said, oh, fine, no problem. So long as you go and you come back. For me, that's the most important thing. Go and learn. But when you are done, I beg you, return to sender. Come back and then let's build. And he complained, and a lot of people do. Well, I don't have the money, and, you know, complained about financial aid. And I told him, look, all you have to focus on, especially when you are still in school, you're a student, all you have to focus on is your schoolwork. If you graduate with A's, the schools will be begging you, we beg you, come, 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 come. I know somebody who had a full scholarship. I'm talking about the full scholarship, not the one where they will pay only your tuition, They'll pay your, your food. They'll pay accommodation. Summertime, long vacation, they'll buy you a ticket to come back home. I know somebody who had a, a scholarship like that to five of the top universities in the U.S. Harvard, MIT, Stanford, Yale. I mean, the guy was wanted because he had A's. Those days, it was A-level. He had four A's. Physics, chemistry, biology, and then um, he actually did um, maths. Add maths somewhere in there. It's a form. So it's very, very important to make sure that you have that mark of excellence. Everything you do, you do it well. When you do that, nobody can deny you anything. You may feel, well, my background and my parents, my mother only sells in the market, and my father, he's an electrician, and we don't have enough money, and I, can't, I don't think I can go. Look, 
If you make straight A's, no door you knock on will, be, will remain shut. Because you've earned it. Does this make sense? And especially for the women. A lot of times we see, you know, maybe the feminists will take me on for this, but it's the truth. A lot of times we wait for, you know, opportunities and women's rights. And, oh, the men, they've taken over. And, and we want some kind of favor. Look, if you're making straight A's, nobody can deny you access. If you work hard, yes, we still have to do advocacy. We still have to do sensitizing men and all those things. Yes, but if you have a mark of excellence, you are excelling in school. No door you knock on will remain closed. I teach in a university where right now in Ghana, you can actually have a full scholarship to Ashasi University. If you have strong grades, tuition, four years free, accommodation, four years free, your meals, four years free. So there are opportunities out there that you can take advantage of. You can be part of what's going on around the world, but your mark has to be that of excellence. If you have that you knock on the door, they open. If you come and knock on my door and say, oh, um, Isi, I need you to sponsor me. I want to go to school. I ask you, so why should I sponsor you? Oh, my family, my father can't afford it. So please, I need your help. I say, bring your transcript. Hey! C6, C6, D7, 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 E, 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 F. I'll tell you, oh, your grades. In fact, I have the money in my pocket. I'm ready to help you, but your grades, dear, I'm sorry. You have to go and rewrite, improve it. But if you come to me and it's A1, 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 even if I don't have the money, I will go and I will tell people, look, I have found this wonderful student. She wants to go and study this. He wants to go and study that. The only thing left, this person is straight A's. The only thing left is a little financial support. Can you help me? Me, I will go around and I'll look for that money. So excellence will open many doors. And if you want to compete at the global level, that is what you need. I see many people on, let me ask, how many of you are not on Facebook? Not. I didn't ask how many of you are there. How many of you are not on Facebook? One, two, three, four, a few hands back there. In a room of about, how many are we? Many people. Perhaps about five, three to five percent are not on Facebook. How many of you are on Facebook? <laughs> but Facebook is not a local platform. What you do on Facebook is not only Ghanaians who see it too. If you go there, you misbehave. That's your future employer. That's your future business partner in Sweden, in um, Brazil, in, in the U.S. They are watching. I do recruitment. We look at Facebook. We see who people really are. So if you want to engage at that global level, what are you giving? Give excellence. What are you giving back to that global community? You go on Facebook. What are the kinds of jokes you're sharing? And I'm glad that um, Kizito mentioned, you know, language and communication increasingly, for those of us who teach, we're seeing students who write formal academic, you know, work with text language. Instead of Y-O-U, it's you. Instead of T-E-X-T, it's T-X-T. 
Instead of BE, it's B. BFF. You know what that is, right? Okay, some of you are clueless. It's okay. <laughs> but text language is making it into academic writing. And that's a no-no. I read Facebook and I see the kind of English written there. And it's the same kind of English that is put in papers. That's a no-no. If you're on Facebook, use it to start testing out the excellence of your English. Don't use it to display the paucity of your English. Does that make sense? If it doesn't say it, then let me repeat it too. Okay? Let me, let me bohobium. Let me say it again. So it's very, very important. Think of yourself. What am I giving to the world? Am I giving the world trash? Or am I giving the world quality? In terms of how I engage. In terms of the ideas I bring. What am I giving back to the world? Does this make sense? Does this make sense? Okay. And if you're thinking of practically how you can make this possible, there are many ways. Spiritually, you may be Christian, you may be Muslim. How are you giving to the world? If, for example, you're a Christian, do you pray for this world? Being, going global is not just Facebook. It's your outlook. It's what's going on upstairs, up here. When you're praying, do you remember Mali? Do you remember Syria? Whether you're Muslim or Christian, do you remember the rest of the world spiritually? Vocationally, when you start thinking of things you want to do, career, do you only look in Ghana? Or do you think, ah, I was reading and I read about this geologist or geophysicist somewhere in Norway. Ah, I want to do that. I want to be like that. Are you looking only within your small corner? I remember when I studied psychology. And um, <laughs> I met a, a man in, in, in Florida where I studied. And the first thing he told me, Oh, it's the answer. What about America? psychology? How can you come to America to study psychology? Go and do nursing. That one, when you finish, green card, easy work, you're done. That's what I was told. Oh, go and do something else. And I said, look, my heart and my mind, we came here, the three of us, we came here to do psychology. Leave me alone to do my psychology. My intention is to go back home, not to stay here. So I'm not going to do the psychology just so I can get a green card. I want to go back home. That's the kind of mindset. You are learning from around the world and you are applying it. You're using it locally. In terms of your learning, in terms of your vocation. How many of you watch some of these crime scene investigation things on TV? Sometimes Viasat, they'll show NC, what do you, CSI, CSI New York. Hey, look how you're rattling it off. How many of you have thought, ah, forensic science, I'm curious. I want to go into that. Because you watched a TV program from somewhere far away in the world. And you got inspired. How many of you have watched that and have seen them analyzing people's fingerprints and then they'll match it and they'll put it in a database and you're thinking, wow, I want to be a database technologist. I want to be able to store information, retrieve, do analysis. Think global, even when it comes to your vocation. Don't just think of, oh, what do you want to be? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse. I want to be an engineer. I want to be a lawyer. And then that's it. I want to be a teacher. 
I want to be an accountant. And then that's it. There's so many careers out there. So many different things you can do. Art. Art. Photography. Photojournalism. Medical journalism. Maybe your interest is not in being a medical doctor. But you are interested in stories. Maybe your interest is in medicine. It's in law. And it's in journalism. How do I combine that? Can I get one person to suggest? How can I combine those three things? I'm interested in medicine. I'm interested in law. And I'm interested in journalism. Oh, come on. You can be creative now. (laughs) You can't think of any. I see a hand far away. How the hands are, there's no confidence. It's just this one and then put it back. All right. Imagine that you're a journalist. You've learned your craft. You do it well. You cover medical stories across this continent. Africa is your playground. Anything that has to do with epidemics, AIDS, um, local issues, medical malpractice, that's the lawyer in you coming out. So you start looking for stories when somebody has gone to the hospital and the doctor has made a mistake and the person has died. And you use the law that you know. You apply it to the medicine, add it to your journalism, and there's your career. Give yourselves a hand. You can be creative and figure out how to engage with the world, how to give back to the world, even through your vocation, how you even learn about different careers. Very, very important. Intellectually, culturally, you have so much to share. There's a lot that we can share. You know, back in the day, you couldn't see kente the way you have kente, this print that you're wearing. It was invisible. The only kente was hand-woven. The only kente was hand-woven. Until a few um, (laughs) made-in-China folks came around. And then they look at the thing. Ah, this thing is nice. They took pictures. Oh, within a short while, Kinti started rolling off in regular cotton prints coming from China. But that's not how it was. Somebody saw it, stole the idea, and went to do something with it. I'm not saying you should go and do that. (laughs) But the important thing is, culturally, we have that to give. Edinkra patterns. There's value in that. Some of our symbols, there's value in that. Culturally, what are you sharing with the world? If you're going global, it's not just receiving from the world, but it's you being strong enough to give to the world. And, you know, sometimes it's when, you've, when you live outside of your comfort zone that you start appreciating what you have. It's when you, you travel outside of home that you start appreciating what you have. Once you're in Ghana, if somebody asks you, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Bulga, I'm from Salt Pond, I'm from Axim, I'm from Who, I'm from Wa. The moment you get outside of Ghana and you meet other Africans from around the continent, if you tell them you're from Wa, huh? Where is Wa? They won't know. You tell them I'm from where? I'm from Hohoi. Where's that? Hello? But once you get out of here, you become a Ghanaian. Your label grows. You grow from being just, oh, I'm from Hohoi or I'm from Axim to I'm Ghanaian. Once you leave the continent of Africa, 
Your identity grows even further. You are no longer just an African. I mean, just a Ghanaian, but you're an African. You have to think of what you have to offer to the world. And as you engage with the world, welcome that new identity. Somebody says he wants to be a Pan-Africanist. You can choose what you want to do and apply a Pan-African mindset. You can choose to be an entrepreneur. You decide, as for me, my businesses, I will spread them around this continent. I want to engage in job creation, plantations and factories, manufacturing, whatever. And I'm going to do it on this continent. So you don't even have to go and study Pan-Africanism only. But you can just be a regular person with that mindset. And that is how you bless the rest of the continent. Let me move on to... So we're clear with what we are giving to the world, correct? What are we giving to the rest of the world? Excellence. Very important. Whether it's a spiritual you, the vocational you, the intellectual you, whatever it is, you give to the world excellence. And then when it comes to what we take, give and take, hango hankam, what do we take from the world? Everything that I said in reverse, the excellence that you find around you. You learn things from other places, other people. When I was growing up, we had pen pals. You'd have a pen pal from far away somewhere. And you write a letter. You sit down and you handwrite a letter. Then you post it. And about three weeks later, their response will come. And that's how we build friendships. Now you don't even have to go anywhere. You can be sitting in your living room, Skyping with somebody in some faraway corner. But what are we taking from the world? Not what are we receiving. If we're receiving, then it means it's somebody's decision and choice to give. And then we receive. But what are we taking? What are the good examples around us that we can learn from? There are many people who complain about, oh, Ghanaian movies, their films, um, they are not good quality. And it's um, part one, two, three, four, five, six, plenty. But how many people have thought of going into film? So that what you've learned, you've watched programs from elsewhere, what you've learned, you can begin to apply to your own local context. Very, very, very important. What are we taking from the world? What are the lessons, the values, the knowledge, the skills, the positive things, not the negative things? Not the negative things. If I want to find an American child, five-year-old, and ask them what they think about, about what? Finance, the world, whatever. No matter how wrong they are in their answer, they're very, very confident. They will give me an answer and I'll be sitting there thinking, wow, five-year-old? You sure you're not 45 trapped in a five-year-old's body? Flip the coin. Ghanaian child. Ask them the same question. (laughs) That's all you get. Because they've been told that children are supposed to be seen, not heard. So what we do in a case like that is we may be at one extreme where we are expected to be very obedient and quiet and not to think for ourselves and let other people think for us. They may come from the other extreme where they are taught, look, be ready to face anybody. Um, Anything that comes to mind, feel free, speak your mind. Culturally, that's not how we are. But we have to find that balance. So how can we take 
that value of being assertive from outside and apply it to our own lives where we can be respectful like the African is supposed to be and we can still be assertive like the Westerner is expected to be. It's combining that wisely. So we need to take the positive things, the positive lessons, skills, knowledge, values from outside and then begin to put it together and use it to be positively influential in whatever we're doing. Does that make sense? I want to give you, I have only a minute and a half left. I want to give you just one minute. I'm sharing my time with you. I'll give you one minute and I'll take 36 seconds. Write down right now. I hope that you're all sitting here with books and you're not just sitting here listening because it will go in one ear and then jump out of the other. So anytime you're in a forum like this, make sure that you're writing something down for future reference. I take notes when I'm sitting at these things. I don't play around with them. So write down two things. One, in fact, write down three things. Or should I make it four? Okay, you let's start. Write down one thing you're going to start doing differently after all that I've said. Think practically. Don't just write, I'll be a better person. That one has no meaning. What is one practical thing you're going to start doing? Maybe you know yourself. You know that your communication skills are not strong. You know you need to read more. You need to learn more. You need to write more. I may not be taking an English class, but if I know I need to improve on my English, then what I'll do is, whatever I read, I may write an essay, walk up to a professor of mine, a friend, and say, look, I want to write. Just do summaries of the things I read so you can help me to improve. Because that is how I'll become competitive globally. I do recruitment. You post one job, you get CVs from all over the world. Kenya, Canada, U.S., Ghanaians and non-Ghanaians, you can't be where you are the way you are. You have to make some changes. So write down something you're going to start doing differently. Maybe yours is to start using Facebook wisely. (laughs) Maybe yours is to start exploring. There's an idea you have. You haven't really thought about it much. But you're thinking, huh? My first point, when I was talking about leadership and change, the first point that anybody, all of us have an equal opportunity is to learn. To learn about something. That's your first point. If you sit and you think, oh, I want to change the world. The way children, street children are walking around and they are hungry and I want to change that. The first thing you do is you learn about the problem. That's research. And I believe you've heard about it already. You learn about it. And then you start doing something about it in your own small corner. You don't wait to finish school and then 15 years from now set up an NGO. And then we'll take care of all the street children. No. Right now in your neighborhood, you come out of your house, you see three children walking around with nothing to do pull them aside at the end of school days, sit down with them and read with them. Start where you are now with what you have. And if anybody tells you, oh, you can go global later when you are 
an adult and you are done. And I don't even know what the word adult means. But when you are done and you are working and no, start now. Whatever it is you need to do, want to do, start now. And promise yourself that by the day you die and you leave this planet, you'd have been a blessing to the world. Not just to you yourself, not just to your family, not just to your community, not just to your country or your continent, but to the world. Plan to leave a legacy that crosses boundaries. So that when we're talking about the best anesthesiologist in the world, we'll look in Ghana and we'll find you. When we talk about some very sharp professor who's been doing some serious research in economic policy and has been designing some wild, fantastic solutions, let it be you. And your aim should not be just to influence the here and now. But your aim should be to leave a legacy, exert positive influence across the whole wide world. I hope this has been useful to you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-249-99000. You may also subscribe to amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Searching for light, the light has come.